First in the morning, SAFM Sunrise with Stephen Grutis. Good morning. Well, you may remember earlier in the week we spoke to an attorney who was representing, I think it was two of the people who had been attacked by that VIP unit. That was the unit that was um, supposedly attached to the Deputy President Paul Mashatile. Of course, uh, Paul Mashatile, the Deputy President, was nowhere near uh, the scene at the time this happened. But you know the video that we've seen, just a horrific thing to see. Well, let's speak now to the lawyer for the other victim, the other person who uh, was really badly attacked and hurt very badly uh, during what happened. Daniel Eloff is the name of the lawyer. Daniel, good morning. Good morning. Firstly, how is your client? Uh, he's shaken up, obviously, but um, there, there has some, been some time that has passed and uh, he's, he's getting better and he's receiving some counselling from Action Society who's assisting him through this matter. But obviously, this is the sort of emotional trauma that one doesn't just simply get over. And there's a long road for him to, to completely recover ahead. So you're the lawyer representing him. What does he actually want to happen now? And there are various things that could happen. Yes. So I think there are three things that we're busy with at the moment. The one being... Um, that Action Society lodged the first initial IPED complaint and IPED have now started their investigation. We've also lodged criminal charges against the the eight members of the VIP unit. And then lastly, there's the civil claim against the Minister of Police and the individuals involved to um, to, to institute a claim for, for damages. I think Mr. Fisher, what he wants to um, achieve is not only justice for himself, but I think what, what he really feels strongly about is that we, we really highlight the increasing police brutality that we're witnessing in South Africa. It almost sees that it seems as if year on year, uh, another horrific video surfaces and, and it really is getting worse. And, you know, there, there's no real change in, in the leadership and the accountability structures of the police. And he'd really like to change that. One of the strange things to this for me is that it took a full week, more than that even, before all of the eight members involved were actually suspended. Do you really believe the yes. police, I mean, that they, I mean, these people could have been performing active duty in that time. Surely the police mm. didn't have to wait a week. Yes, I, I mean, uh, th- that's what, probably one of the most bizarre things that has happened. Another bizarre thing that's happened is my client's employer, who's effectively tried to gag him from speaking to the media. Um, I, everyone knows that earlier this week, the upper echelons of the military gave an order saying that none of the victims are allowed to speak to the media, um, which is simply unlawful. What what they do in their free time and uh, while not on military premises is, is their they're free to do whatever they'd like. And the point is this incident happened while they were not on duty and it didn't happen on military premises. So they, they should be allowed to, to speak to the media. In fact, one would argue that if your employer is the South African National Defense Force, they should jump at your defense and they should be offering trauma counseling, they should be offering support, and they really should be helping you. So this, this, real, this whole story is just frankly bizarre. Who in the military gave that order? One of the the superiors of the of of our clients. He is his direct commander. Sure, I mean that must be illegal. Surely, I mean from what you say. No, it 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 clearly is. And and I mean the the point is, um, I, I had a telephone call with this this particular brigadier general, and he said that well, um, if if we want to, if if, we, if my client wants to speak to me, then I should take him to court. But the point is that he hasn't, we've completely ignored that order, obviously, because it is unlawful. They haven't done anything since, which I think is telling. Um, and and again, now the question is, will any consequences flow? Will they dismiss him for 
the fact that he's speaking to the media and he's allowing his lawyers to speak to the media. And should that happen, I would really think that would be the easiest labor law case that we'll see in a while. Well, I'm sure the South African National Defence Union would get involved too, because um, I think they're all members. Absolutely. Yes, um, there are yes, various, no, absolutely. There various other elements to this. So I understand that obviously your client wants a restitution, so he wants damages, the mm. civil claim. I think for many other people watching this, what's really important is that people who commit assaults like this, whoever they are, face justice. The mm. justice must be the same. And there's a deep um, cynicism, suspicion that in fact these officers and they are police officers, won't face mm. justice. I mean, the fact that someone in the SANDF is now issuing edicts that people must be ignored, I think it's going to strengthen mm. that. Are you confident mm. that actually they will face justice? I think nobody is. Yes, I, I mean, and, and I understand South Africa's concerns in this regard. The point is, the usual case, you know, the usual route that happens is with claims against the police is you take on the Minister of Police. And what ends up happening is the case, you know, either gets settled or it goes on to trial. And, and then if it's successful, they pay out a, a, a monetary claim. But that's taxpayer money being used to cover up, you know, the misconduct of police officers. And we know our courts are filled with these type of unlawful arrests and unlawful detention cases against the police. Police. However, what we have seen interestingly in the recent past is a move by our courts to start holding these individuals to account as well, and not just the Minister of Police, to sort of extend the vicarious liability beyond this, just the employer and trying to hold the individuals involved to account as well. Because the point is, we are seeing that the accountability mechanism in place, namely the, the criminal uh, law. Uh, is, isn't functioning as it should, and these people aren't facing any consequences. So hopefully you can institute a claim against them in their personal capacity as well, and that would be the, the, you know, the accountability mechanism that we exercise. Daniel Elof, thank you. Lawyer for, of course, the other victim, the one side we hadn't heard from yet in this particular case. I really do appreciate the time. I'm th-